0: Have come out as gay and Christian in recent years. And each of us is seeking to learn, in our own way, how to flourish as we embrace intentional Christian singleness. We need stories like Gregg's to remind us that there are as many ways to flourish in those circumstances as there are Christians who embrace them. One of the early church fathers wrote wisely. Any theory divorced from living examples is like an unbreathing statue. That plural, examples, is vital. That's why I'm so glad for Greg's book. It offers one more example, one more story, one more urgent reminder that no one story is interchangeable with or reducible to anyone else's. It's a timely evocative reminder that each single gay Christian life is equally unique and precious. Prelude Promises Let's make a deal, you and me. Let's make promises to each other. I promise to tell you my story, the whole story. I'll tell you about a boy in love with Jesus who— At the fateful onset of puberty, realized his sexual attractions were persistently and exclusively for other guys. I'll tell you how I lay on my bed in the middle of the night and whispered to myself the words I've whispered a thousand times since. I'm gay. I'll tell you how I cried and prayed and begged God to make me straight or else to make me believe that the Bible left room for monogamous same-sex relationships. I'll tell you how God kept refusing to do either one, how he kept pointing me back to the cross of Christ. How I followed my Savior in costly obedience and became a mythical creature, a thing that wasn't supposed to exist, a single gay Christian. I'll show you the world through my eyes the books on Christian masculinity that never seemed to be about me, the churches that treated my singleness like an acne problem that could be cleared up with a few weeks' treatment, the sincere Christians who called it love when they talked about people like me with revulsion in their voices. I'll tell you what it's like to belong nowhere, to know that much of my Christian family will forever consider me unnatural dangerous, because of something that feels as involuntary as my eye color. And to know that much of the LGBTQ community that shares my experience as a sexual minority will disagree with the way I've chosen to interpret the call of Jesus, believing I've bought into a tragic, archaic ritual of self-hatred. Self-hatred. I'll tell you about that, too. I'll tell you how hard it is some days to look in the mirror and believe that God could have possibly said over me, as he did over all creation, It is good. But I promise my story won't all be sadness and loneliness and struggle. I'll tell you good things too, hopeful things, funny things, like the time I accidentally came out to my best friend during his bachelor party. I'll tell you what it felt like the first time someone looked me in the eyes and said, You are not a mistake. I'll tell you that joy and sorrow are not opposites, that my life has never been more beautiful than when it was most broken-hearted. If you'll listen, I promise I'll tell you everything, and you can decide for yourself what you want to believe about me. All you have to promise in return— is that you'll wait a little while before you reach your verdict about me. Wait until you've heard everything. Wait until you know me. And then, well, the rest is up to you. 1. Revelation I thought a lot about death as a child. It wasn't that I was morbid. Quite the opposite. I was excited for heaven. I longed for it with a simple, childish logic, the way I longed for weekends and birthdays. Heaven seemed more real, more imminent, more permanent than any other promise I knew. It probably didn't hurt that I would...